Good morning, everybody, and welcome to One Family Church. I want to say a very, very special welcome to our first time guests. If you are tuning in for the very first time, would you just take a moment and type VIP in the chat next to the YouTube or in Facebook? Because a member of our team would love to reach out to you and welcome you to One Family Church. We want to be a place where you feel embraced and you feel warmed and you feel welcomed. And so we are glad to see you. If this is your second time, tuning in, then I'm going to ask you to do something else also. I want you to subscribe because you know you're going to watch next week. Go ahead and subscribe and like this video. Uh, the more we interact on YouTube, the more people will get to see this video, the more we will be able to reach people with the gospel. So help us do that, would you, by subscribing and liking. And if this is your third time, you're basically like, you're, you're, you're like an old timer at this point. You need to be inviting three people to come and watch the sermon with you. We are just glad everybody is here. Uh, we've got a few of our team members in the house. Woo! Uh, <laughs> and, and it is good uh, to be here. And then all of you guys all around the world, our brothers are stepping in the light. We love you guys. And we are just grateful um, to be able to serve you in this way. Um, I want to let you know two things. One, Christmas Eve is happening. If you don't have the details about Christmas Eve, it's on. You need to fill out a connection card so we can send you the details. We're having a, a, a drive-through Christmas Eve event. It is going to be awesome. It's going to be at the St. Louis Foundry. Uh, there will be live animals. There will be shepherds. There will be carolers. There will be candles. There will be communion pods for you to take home and do communion with us later that evening because later that evening on Christmas Eve, we're live streaming a, a, a Christmas Eve worship event. So come uh, on Christmas Eve, if we don't have your information, put it in the connection card. It's in the chat. It's in the stream. It's in the, the, uh, the uh, description. Um, let us know, uh, and we will give you all the details. And the last thing I want to say before getting into the sermon is, I know a lot of people are wondering, like, when are we going to get back together? When are, when are we going to, like, bring it all back and come back together? Let me just tell you this. Your church leaders, the team is working behind the scenes vigorously towards some really, really potentially, well, just not potentially, some really exciting opportunities that are coming down the road, ministry opportunities. I wish I could just disclose them and share them with you right now. I cannot because they're not done. They're not buttoned up and tidied up, but just know that there are some really, really great things uh, in the pipeline for when we all come back together. Just know that. Just rest in that uh, because it's going to be amazing when we get back. That's all I'm going to say about that. Let's dive in to part four of feeling the pressure. Part four, feeling the pressure. We are exploring uh, the way that God intervenes and interacts in the lives of the people of the Christmas story. Because what we see from that, what we learn from that, is the way God intervenes and interacts in our life. And so today we are going to explore the way that he intervened and interacted with a group of people who were seeking him. We are going to go to Matthew chapter 2, short reading today. And, and here's what I want to tell you today. This is for you. The goal of this scripture, this sermon today is to add value to your life, to draw you closer to God, to draw you closer to one another in love, to pursue the mission of bringing you and God together in love. And I really believe that if you'll focus in, get rid of distractions and, and focus in on what 
God has to say to you, God is going to draw you into a transformational shift in your heart and in your life today. Let's look at Matthew chapter two. It says this, it says, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? They came with a question. Where is he who was born king of the Jews? They said, for we have seen his star in the east and we have come to worship him. Today, for just the next few moments, I wanna preach on the subject, hiders and seekers. Hiders and seekers. Let's bow our heads and let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we are grateful for the opportunity to come uh, before you. We ask, Lord God, that you would be with us today. We pray that your presence would descend upon us in our homes, in our family rooms, in our bedrooms, on our walks, in our cars, wherever we're watching or listening to this. To those of us that are here in the building, we pray your presence, your spirit would drop down upon us, Lord God. Open up our hearts to receive your word. And God, I just pray that your word would sink in, take root, and grow in us, transforming us, God, into the image of your Son. We pray this to your glory and to your praise. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Uh, One of the games that my four-year-old loves to play, uh, she is a huge fan of the game Hide and Go Seek. Now, the, the way it works is I will be walking through the house and on my way from point A to point B, and suddenly I'll hear a little muffled voice. I'll hear a little voice in my ear behind some blanket or behind some, you know, couch cushion say, come and find me. And then I know the game is on. It's hide and go seek time. So, so the, the reality is 90% of the time I can already see her, right? Because the blanket is just sitting, she's sitting on the couch with a blanket on top of her. So, but I still go through the motion of going like, huh, is she under the couch? Um, Is she behind the door? Is she in the pantry? And I can actually feel the anticipation building for her. She's getting giddy with the prospect that she's going to be found by her dad. She wants to be sought. And finally, I will throw off the blanket or remove the couch cushion and there she is. And I go, I found you. And then she squeals and we have a lot of fun. And then she says, okay, your turn to hide. And so then I got to go find some place to hide. And it's not as easy for me to hide as it is for her. So I go find some place and I'll go hide. She closes her eyes, counts to 10, which she can do now. And she will come and try to find me. Now, if she's having trouble finding me, because it's a lot easier for me to find her than it is for her to find me. Uh, if she's having trouble finding me, what I'll do sometimes is I'll give her a little cue. I'll throw out a little signal. Might be a little like, you know, it might be like a, here I am, look up here. You know, it's one of those kind of deals. So I'm like, give her a little clue and that way she can navigate till finally she throws open the doors and she finds me. And, it, and, and it's, it's, it's great to be sought and it's great to be found. When I was preparing for this sermon today, it really struck me that the game hide-and-go-seek is, is, is like a spiritual metaphor for our life. In other words, what I mean by that is, spiritually speaking, we are all either hiders or we are seekers. We are either hiding from God, which means we are withdrawing, we are covering, we are masking, we are trying not to be discovered by God, or 
We are seekers. We are in active pursuit of God. We're running after God. We're chasing God. We're trying to pursue him. We're trying to find him. We're longing for him. Like uh, the, the psalmist says, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. All of us fall into one of two camps. And the reality is, it's always been that way. By nature, we are hiders. Let me explain what I mean. Genesis chapter three, we see God make humanity, puts them in the garden. And what do they do? Right? They seek their own end. They're full of pride. They take something that doesn't belong to them because they're told that it will make them like God. Then they're filled with shame as a result of that. And the shame leads them to be fearful and they hide. If you read Genesis chapter three, you get a picture. In fact, it literally says they cover themselves. And then the presence of God moves through the garden in the cool of the evening. And God speaks to humanity and says, Adam, where are you? Where are you? Humanity is hiding from God and God is seeking us. And the reality is the same thing that happened in that day happens today. This is the nature of humanity. We fall into one of two camps. I'm going to write them down for you. I'm going to teach you something today. We are either hiders or we are seekers. So the question is, which one are you? Are you a hider? Are you a seeker? And here's how you can know. Here's how you can know. There's a, there's a driving motive behind each one of these two categories. The driving motive behind hiders is pride, shame, and or fear. The reason we hide is because we are prideful. We're Adam and Eve. We're trying to, we're trying to do things towards our own end. We are interested in ourselves. Therefore, we are hiding from the brightness of the truth of God. Uh, when we sin, we are filled with shame because we have discovered that we have uh, broken our our connection with God. And because we are filled with shame, we are afraid that we'll do it again. We're afraid of God's judgment. We're afraid that we might mess up again. We're afraid of what will happen to us. And so we become hiders. We become spiritual hiders. Seekers are defined by humility, faith, and hope. What that means is we become seekers when we say, God, I can't do it on my own. I need you. I'm going to expose my life to you. I'm going to open my life to you. I'm not going to hide anymore. I'm not going to hide behind my pride and my arrogance, my hubris. I'm going to open my life. I'm going to kneel in humility before you. I'm going to have faith that you are going to take care of me and provide for me. And then I'm going to put my hope in you, meaning I have, I have eager anticipation. I trust that what you have for me is good. And so I am going to come after you. Now, the reason that the question is so important about whether you are a hider or you are a seeker is that we learn from the story of the Magi that God honors the sincerity of seekers. God honors the sincerity of those who seek him. Um, my neighbor, some of you know this story, my neighbor who gave me permission to share this story. 
Uh, her name is Amy. Amy uh, lives right next door to us. She and her husband, Scott, um, uh, attended our church at the, the very first service they came. Um, Amy grew up uh, in, in an environment where religion and spirituality was, was not the focus. She got a Bible when she was 16. She kind of flipped through it, uh, and then she put it down. Amy has been uh, an atheist for 49 years. Um, but out of politeness and kindness and neighborliness, uh, she decided to come and visit one family church when we opened the doors. So she came, and they came, and, and you know, it was nice, and, and they, uh, they really enjoyed the company, the, the warmth and the fellowship of the people. There was a lot of love there, uh, loved the music, worship was great, enjoying the music, preaching not bad, you know, had its moments. Uh, so, they, so they come, and, and, you know, they come, and they would not, and just pop in and pop out. Um, and it was a nice experience for them, but but it wasn't, they, they, they weren't driven by a, a heart for the Lord. They were, just, they were just popping in and checking it out. Well, a few years back, I'm preaching one Sunday and I look out and I see my neighbor Amy in the crowd. I thought, okay, cool. You know, no problem. Because that's, she does that every once in a while. Next Sunday, preaching again. I look out and there's Amy again. Next Sunday, <laughs> I look out. Huh. There's my neighbor, Amy. So I saw her on the street because she lives right next door. I said, I saw her on the street. She's walking her dog. I said, Amy, I've noticed you've been coming to church a lot lately. It's kind of, it's kind of problematic when your pastor lives right next door, right? It's like, it can be problematic. So I said, Amy, I noticed you've been coming to church a lot lately. She said, yeah, I have. I said, um, you know, you're going to have to be careful because atheists who keep coming to church, things happen, you know? You don't know what's going to happen. Next thing you know, you might be down at the altar. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, like, you just got to be careful. And she said, uh, she said, no, 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 no. She said, I, I, I came the first Sunday of a series and I just need to, st I'm just sticking around long enough to see how the series ends. That's all. I go, okay. Okay, great. Next thing I know, maybe it's a month or two later, I get a message. Amy wants to meet you. I go, okay. She wants to meet you in your office. She wants to have a meeting with you, which is funny to me because I see her, you know, and her husband all the time, like walking the dogs, walking in, getting the mail, whatever, all the time. Say, so, okay, a meeting in the office. So we have a meeting. We set up this meeting. Amy comes in and she sits down and she says, I need to tell you something. I said, okay. She said, I started praying. And I said, huh, okay. That's, I mean, atheist praying. There's a little bit of a disconnect there, but I can, I can roll with that. She says, yeah, I've been praying. She said, I need, I need to tell you something else. I said, what's that? She said, God is speaking to me. So <laughs> when I hear that, I go, huh, okay. <clears throat> kind of getting braced. Who knows where this is going? I said, okay, so what is God speaking to you? Amy said, God is telling me that I need to start paying attention to Jesus. At that point, I said, well, I have nothing to add to this conversation. Uh, I affirm and acknowledge and give you the thumbs up on that and anything else to talk about. Nope, that's all I needed to tell you. All right, great to see you. See you back in the neighborhood. Out she goes. And in that moment, I'm thinking, oh my God, God actually honors the sincerity of seekers.
You know what's fascinating about this story? The Magi were the only outsiders in the story. Everybody else in the story, King Herod, the priests, the rabbis, the Levites, insiders. The Magi were outsiders. Magi were not Jewish. They were not Israelites. They did not follow the Torah. They did not follow the 613 commandments. They were from a different country. They were from a different ethnicity. They were from a different religion. They were from a, everything about them was different. They had no, uh, they, they, they had no uh, a pedigree, religious pedigree that they could rely on. All they had was the sincerity of their hearts. God honors the sincerity of the seeker. They see a star and they begin to be drawn to it. They, they begin to be drawn to the little bit of light that they're given. They begin to be drawn to the little bit of truth that's coming their way. And they start pursuing that and God is drawing them in. God, it's, it's like, it's as if God is, 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 is signaling them in. He's saying, here I am, keep coming. You can find me, keep coming. Scripture says this. Well, before I tell you, before I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. God wants to move us from here to here. God wants to move us from uh, the experience of pride, shame, and fear. This experience where we, like Adam and Eve, are hiding ourselves, covering ourselves, afraid, ashamed, and, and prideful to this. Humility, faith, and hope. The freedom of knowing God, of knowing Christ, of living in him. How do we move from here to here? The answer is in one word. The word is ask. When Jesus was teaching what it looked like to follow him, he said, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be open to you. For whosoever asks, receives. And whoever seeks, finds. And whoever knocks to him, the door shall be opened. And then he said this. He said, is there any man among you who if your son came to you and asked for bread, would give him a stone? You wouldn't do that. Or if your child came to you and asked for fish, would you give him a, a, a serpent? You wouldn't do that. And then Jesus said, if you being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask? God honors the sincerity of the seeker. Scripture says this, Hebrews 11, he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I want, I want my prayer for you today is that you move from here to here. That you move from these experiences in your life, this experience of pride, it's about me, the experience of shame for my past, all the things that I did back then that I can't get rid of and I can't shake and I'm paralyzed by, the experience of fear. I can't move forward because I don't know what the future holds. I want, my prayer is that you would come from this and come to this and you do it simply by asking. The truth is, most of us are hiders masquerading as seekers. 
Now this is, I'm going to get, I'm going to like, can I'm going to dig in a little bit because we, because we just can. Okay. Because we can and we need it. Most of us are hiders masquerading as seekers. Most of us are pretending to be seekers, but in fact, we're actually hiding. Look at this. Scripture says, when Herod had called together all the people's chief priests, teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born, where, where, where the Messiah was to be born. And actually they had the answer. In Bethlehem in Judea, they said. I want you to get that for a minute. Let this sit for, with you for a minute. He asked the chief priests, the Levites, the rabbis, the teachers of the law, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, where will the Messiah be born? And they had the answer, Bethlehem. But they didn't go with the Magi. They didn't go with the wise men. They knew the answer, but they weren't seeking him. They weren't pursuing him. They actually had the answer. They, 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 they had the information they needed to go seek the Christ child, but they didn't pursue it. And then it says in verse 8, it said, uh, Herod sent the wise men to Bethlehem and said, you go and search. Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. See, Herod was even worse because he actually did want to find Jesus, but he wanted to find him for the purpose of destroying him, not for the purpose of worshiping him. All of the other characters in the story, the priests, the Levites, the teachers of the law, the rabbis, Herod, the king, they were all hiders masquerading as seekers. Here's how we know the difference. Here's how you can know the difference for your own heart, your own life. Hiders use words. Seekers take action. Hiders say the right thing. They can say, Herod says, go and find the Christ child so that I can come and worship him. But we know that his motive isn't, isn't right. He uses words, but he doesn't take action. How do we know if we're a hider or a seeker? Do our actions match our words? Um, I've told this story, but I got to tell it. It, it. it fits in this moment. Many, many years ago, when my, my firstborn child, my son was two years old, I was, uh, I, I was in the backyard with my wife and my two-year-old boy, and I, I'm standing in the backyard in my house there in University City, and I'm looking around, and I go, I go, you know what I'm going to do? You know what I think I'm going to do back here? I think I'm going to build a fort. I think I'm going to build a fort. I think my son would really enjoy that. I think, you know, a boy needs a fort. I'm going to build a fort back here. My wife goes, yeah, that's a great idea. Great idea. So, you know, I said, okay, good. Well, some time passes by, a few months, a couple years, you know. I had my second son. <laughs> second son's born. And I, I'm in the backyard with my wife. I go, you know, what I, you know what I'm going to do back here? I think I'm going to build a fort. I'm going to build a fort for my kids. Boys need forts. It's good. Good fort for boys. Rebecca goes, yeah, good idea. Third son. This is two, three, four years. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know how old my kids are. We'll figure it out. Uh, no, uh, Augustine is born a couple years later. I say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to build a fourth child is born, a girl, Eden. I thought, you know, girls need forts. I'm going to build a fort. For six years, my wife heard me say, I'm going to build a fort. I don't know if I'm doing the math. That might have been eight years. It was a long period of time, right? A few years back, this is after all the children have been born and they're now starting to grow. It was a Sunday afternoon. I was driving home from church. I don't know what struck me. I'm driving home. We're in the car, driving home. And I go, you know what I want, you know what I want to do? You know what I think I want to do? Rebecca goes, what's that? I go, I feel like I'm going to build a fort in the backyard. 
And it was just, it was that moment when Rebecca turns to me and she goes, you're not building a fort in the backyard. You've been talking about building a fort for the last eight years. You're not building a fort. You talk about building a fort, but you're not building a fort. Okay, so that got me, that was a little nudge. I got a little bump from the wife. Got a little bit of a, one of those. You're not building a fort. I said, oh, really? <laughs> I said, oh, really? We get home. I change clothes. I drop her off the house. I go to Home Depot. I get me some four by fours. I get some screws. I get a drill. I get a shovel. I get some concrete. I come out. I'm ready to go. And you know what? I built myself a fort. It is not a great fort. It is not a beautiful fort, but there is a fort in the backyard. What I needed was a nudge to move me from words to action. The sincerity of my heart was being tested by my actions. The authenticity of my heart was being tested by action. Do you mean it? Because if you mean it, you do it. If you mean it, you do it. You don't talk about it, you do it. The Magi did it. The Magi said, we are going to go and find this king. I know for some of you today, man, I, 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 this is like a, this is like a, come on, preach it kind of sermon. Like, I'm, I'm just going to keep nudging you on this. Some of you today are watching this and going, you know what I ought to do? I ought to get involved in a church. You know, I really should. You know, coronavirus has been a real bummer and I'm feeling kind of bummed. I, you know, I ought to get involved in a church. I ought to join. You know what? I've been watching that church for a long time. I really ought to join him. Yeah. Uh, you might be saying, you know, I, I, ought to, I ought to serve somewhere. I ought to volunteer somewhere. You know, what I, you know what I ought to do? I ought to join a small group. You know what? I, I ought to start praying. I ought to start giving. I ought to start serving somebody. I, you know what I ought to do? Today's your day. I'm going to give you the nudge. Today's your day. You could do it today. I'm going to host, a, I'm gonna host a, a, a Zoom call. Next step, step two, today. You missed step one, that's okay. Come to step two, today, 1045. I'm going to host a Zoom call. There's a link somewhere right there on the description in the chat. I want you to come to that. I want you to take a step. I want you to put your, your words into action. I want you to take a step and move from hiding, right? It's about me. A lot of reasons not to do it. It's about me. Or I'm too ashamed if you knew my life or what'll happen, right? To here. I need to humble myself. I, mean, I need to have some faith in the God who loves me. And I'm gonna put my hope in him. I don't know what the answer is, but I'm gonna trust the star. I'm gonna trust a little bit of light, the, the, the pinprick of light that I have before me, and I'm going to walk that out. I'm going to walk towards that light, and I'm going to see what God has for me. I want to help you move from hider to seeker. Okay, here's what happens. This is fascinating, okay? I'm gonna, we're going to get deeper. Uh, if our viewership is going down, down, down right now, it's just because uh, the, like the hardcore seekers are staying with us, okay? The hiders are fleeing, okay? But this is going to get deep. Here we go. Last part. Scripture says the star which they had seen in the east went before them. So the star is going and it says, till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and they worshiped him. Now we talked about this last week, that beautiful moment when you literally bow down, your, your heart, your life, your mind, your soul, your body, humility, right? I'm bowing down. I'm, I'm, I'm submitting. I'm surrendering, right? They bowed down and they worshiped him. And then it says this, surprising end of the story. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now this surprises me because 
if I'm coming to the king, I'm coming with my list of demands. Here's what I want from you. They didn't do that. They came with a box of gifts. Here's what I want to give to you. See, this is where we get Christmas all messed up. You want to know why you're feeling the pressure of Christmas? Because it's about you. I want more, more gifts, more money, more time. I got to get, I want joy. I want peace, good stuff. I want love. I want, I want, I want, I want. And this magic, I go, no, 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 no. We're seekers. We're, we're coming, we're coming to give. We're coming to serve. We're coming to open. This is what, this is, this will take all the pressure of you off for, for all, all, all the pressure off of you for Christmas. Stop trying to get. Stop, come out of here, pride, shame, fear, and start giving. Pour it out. Here's, here's, here's my last point. Hiders grasp in fear. Seekers give in gratitude. Seekers pour out of their lives. Seekers say, look, I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna trust that you, 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 you supply all my needs. I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna give my life. I'm gonna pour out my life to you. I'm gonna pour out that, that which I have for you. I'm not trying to hoard it for myself. My favorite Christmas song is the song, The Little Drummer Boy. I know it might be cheesy, but I, 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 I love that song. I can't help myself. And what I love about the song is the little boy in the story, in the story of the little drummer boy, he sees these magi and he sees them giving gold and frankincense and myrrh. He sees this wonderful stuff that they're giving. And he says, I'm, I'm a poor boy too. He looks at the little baby in the, in, the, in the cradle and says, I'm a poor boy too. I don't have gifts to bring. And then in the story, he says, shall I play my drum for you? It's all I've got. I'm going to give what I have. Some of you today, to move from here to here, it's going to be a moment where you are willing to open up your life and pour something out. The reason we, the reason we grasp in fear when we're hiders, one of three reasons, and maybe, maybe a, a, a combination. One is pride, right? It's about me. And this is my stuff, and this is my talent, and this is my time, and this is my money, and I'm going to hold on to it just for me. Another one is shame. I don't have anything worthy to give. I don't have anything valuable to offer. I don't have any talents or gifts or resources. or I've got nothing. Another one is fear. If I give something away, if I give of my time or of my energy or of myself or of my resources, or if I give that, will I have enough for myself? Because you're afraid. You have a scarcity mentality. And the scripture says, no, 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 no. Here's what I want for you. Humility, right? Everything that I have is a gift given to me for me to manage. I, didn't, I don't own it. I don't deserve it. It's God's stuff that I am here to manage. My time, I tell my kids this because my kids are bright. They're smart kids. And I say, your intelligence is a gift to you. You don't get credit for that. That's a gift that God gave you. What are you gonna do with it? You're gonna harbor it for yourself or you're gonna use it for the good of others? Are you going to hang on to it? Are you going to grasp it in fear? Or are you going to give it in gratitude, right? Everything that we have is his faith. God, I trust that you're going to supply all my needs according to your riches and glory. You own the cattle on a thousand, a thousand hills. I'm not afraid to, to, I don't have to hold on to, to, to what I've got and hope. I believe in where you're taking us. I believe in where you're going. I have eager anticipation for the future and I want to give my life to you. I want to pour it out. I want to give to you. This is how the story ends. And I love how the story ends. In verse 12, it says this. 
having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. That little line is a beautiful picture of God's faithfulness, faithfulness to those who seek him. Last point, God saves seekers. God saves seekers. Herod would have destroyed them. Had he known that they came and worshiped the Christ child, had he known that they opened their treasure trove of gold, frankincense, and myrrh and poured it out, had, they know, had, had Herod known that they bowed on their knees and worshiped Jesus as the king of the Jews, he would have crushed them. God delivered them. God saved them because God saves seekers. At a baptism service a couple years ago, people are coming in the line. If you've ever been to a baptism service at our church, people just, they come up and <laughs> we have a baptismal and we baptize them right there. And I was baptizing people and I baptized somebody and they got up and they got out of the baptism tank. And I look up to see who the next person is and it's my neighbor, Amy. And I got to tell you, just, it, it was one of those moments where I just went, I, I, I was speechless. I, 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 tears leapt to my eyes, honestly. Like I just, I, I was overcome with, with emotion because what I got to be a witness to is the way God intervenes in the life of someone who sincerely seeks him. Amy got baptized came up out of the water, started serving God, joined a life group. Now she leads a small group, leads a life group, serves on the dream team all over the place. This is a woman who is on fire for God. Somebody for 49 years would have said, don't really believe in God. Talk to her now. <laughs> Talk to her now. She's on fire. Why? God saves seekers. Here's what I want you to know today, where, wherever you are. You might be tuning into this randomly and it just, just came on your feed and you're like, what is this? We get those comments pretty often. What is this in the chat? This is, this is the message of Jesus for your life. This is the transformational gospel that will move you from hiding to seeking. And it turns out, that it will ultimately move you from seeking to finding. God is in pursuit of you. It, even if you're not in pursuit of him, just know that he is coming after you and he will honor those who open up their hearts, humble themselves and seek him. This is not only for you. This is for those of you who have been watching and have been part of church life your whole life. But you've become either like the, the religious elites who are going, look, I got the information, but I'm kind of apathetic. I'm kind of not seeking anymore. Right? They don't say that, but that's what's happening. Or even worse, those of us who become like Herod, where our religion becomes a, a bludgeon, it becomes a club, it becomes a, a, a it, it, it props up whatever else it is that we're trying to accomplish. Either way, we're not seekers. God's saying, I want you to bow in humility for me to me. I want you to open up your heart. I want you to open up your life. And I want you to come home to me this Christmas. Let me pray for you.
Father, thank you for your faithfulness to those who seek you. We thank you, God, for everybody who's watching from wherever they're watching today. I pray, Lord God, that you would use this service to crack open their hearts, our hearts, Lord God. Open our hearts, Lord God, and let us bow before you and worship you and open our lives to you and pour out to you all that we have, our strengths, our gifts, our resources, our time. Let us submit our lives to you as we near the end of this year, as we draw close to Christmas. God, let us remember what it's about. You came as a babe in order to die. You came to sacrifice your life for us so that we might have life. Let us in return, God, show our gratitude to you by opening our lives and giving ourselves to you. We thank you, God. We praise you. We love you. We honor you. We trust you. And we pray that everything that has been said here today is towards your purpose, towards your mission, and for your glory, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today uh, at One Family Church. I want to invite you to respond to this message, to take a step to move from hider to seeker. Uh, One of the steps that you can take is to literally join me at Next Steps today. Uh, Today at 1045, uh, I'm hosting Next Steps. I'm going to host a live Zoom call uh, for step two. Step two is all about the foundations of the faith. How do we walk through it? It's a, it's a class that's part of our uh, Next Steps ministry where we're encouraging you to join the family. Uh, learn what it means to be a part of One Family Church. I'll be leading that at 1045 Central today. Click on the link in the chat or in the description and come join us. Another way that you can respond, especially as we close out the year, is to respond with generosity, with giving. Uh, This is a great time and a great opportunity for you to partner with One Family Church to advance the mission and advance the vision of what God has for this city, for this nation, and for this world. You can give online, safe and secure and efficient giving uh, link on our website. Uh, There's a link in the description and then there's a link in the chat. If you haven't given, if you haven't uh, allowed your actions to catch up with your words, join us today in giving and partnering with us to advance Christ's mission in this city. And the third way uh, that you can partner with us and, and participate with us as we seek to honor God and pursue Him is by taking the bread and the cup. If you're at home today, run to the kitchen, grab some bread, grab some juice, and let's take communion together. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, the scripture says that He broke bread and He gave it to His disciples and He said, take and eat. This is my body that's broken for you. And then he poured out the the wine and he said, drink, this is the blood of my covenant that's being poured out for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When we think of the Christmas story and we think of the babe in the manger, we got to remember that the babe in the manger led to the Christ on the cross. He came for this. He came to give. He came that his body might be broken and his blood might be spilled for you. And through his sacrifice, you and I experience the gift of everlasting life. God bless you. I hope to see you in next steps. 
And uh, for those of you who will be joining us next week, can't wait to see you next week. God bless you. Love you.